Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. California streaming. At least that's the tagline of Apple's next special event, which it'll hold on Tuesday, September 14th. It's during that event we expect the company to announce several new products, including the star of the show, the iPhone 13. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're running through all of the products we expect Apple to announce next Tuesday. Perlow, I don't know about you, but it sure feels like we just went through this with the iPhone 12, but yet here we are, almost a year later, ready to see the next iPhone. It does not feel like that much time has elapsed at all. And oh. I am finally at the point where I think I have mastered the use of the iPhone 12 Pro Max. And now right. we're ready. And now it's ready to, to go away, you know, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of reasons. I mean, this is, in my opinion, this is the best iPhone I've ever had. So it's going to be it's going to take a lot to top this device in, in, in a number of ways. You know, but it looks like there might be some things that will, in fact, make it worth it. Yeah, I, it's it's weird to me because, you know, the iPhone launched a little later last year because of the pandemic and delays. So it hasn't been quite the 12 month cycle. But even at that, mm -hmm. I feel like, to your point, there's still stuff I'm learning how to do, especially with the camera and take full advantage of it. Like I just yeah. take random pictures sometimes and I'm like, man, I forget how good this camera really is. And, uh, you know, there's there's little odds and ends, especially with testing iOS 15 um, that, uh, you know, it, it's a solid phone. It's a great phone. But the iPhone 13, we have a bunch of rumors, most of them coming from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who had been quiet the last few years with these type of rumors. But mm -hmm. he started a new weekly newsletter called Power Powered On or Power On comes out every Sunday. And he has been. It, we'll see how true all of these reports, you know, come to be on September 14th. But he has been loading them full of information and tidbits about Apple products. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about today comes from him and a few other places. But mostly it's Mark Gurman from Bloomberg and his reporting. He has and he always has. He has some great sources within Apple, um, whether wherever they're at within Apple. His so hit rate we, has been pretty good for sure. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. He quieted down a little bit after he joined Bloomberg, and I think that may have been just to get used to leaving 9 to 5 Mac and going yeah. to a big news institution, you know, that is Bloomberg. Yeah. But uh, this year, like I said, he has just been killing it every every Sunday. So let's start with the start of the show, the iPhone 13. Um, we expect it to be called the iPhone 13. Someone leaked a video of the silicon cases being made in the factory, the MagSafe silicon cases uh, that Apple makes and sells for every phone. And the boxes said iPhone 13. There was some speculation, and I don't know how you feel about this, Perlo, that Apple would skip because iPhone 13. Because of numerology reasons. Yeah, I thought yeah, that 13, 13, is a, 13 is a weird moniker from a numerology perspective to use in a lot of different cultures. Yeah. Um, you know... But it's a, it's a number just the same. Or and I'm, I I thought it was interesting that they they're still using Roman numbers with it or or whatever. But um, yeah, 
14 would make more sense, right? But, you know, from a, to make a lot of different cultures happy, but a number's a number, you know, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I have no issues with owning an iPhone 13, although maybe we'll see something happen. I don't know. I'm not that superstitious, actually. So <laughs> we, we expect four models, just like we saw with the iPhone 12, uh, 13 mini, a 13 model, 13 Pro, and a 13 Pro Max. So it's going to be the same. It maybe should be 12S. Maybe that's what they'll end up calling it. But uh, we're going to see the same exact lineup, four different models. But feature-wise, that's where things start to get interesting, Perlo. And I know you've looked a lot into the Touch ID portion of this. And yep. that is the fingerprint sensor that has been on again, off again, rumored to be included in the next iPhone. So from what I've read, it's off the table, whether that's under the... Under the display or doing the iPad Air fourth generation like touch ID sensor in the sleep wake or side button on the iPhone. But you said that you had read somewhere that maybe the Pro Max would have it. Yes, potentially the Pro Max would have it um, as well as another feature potentially. But the uh, yeah, I've been seeing things going back and forth on that. Certainly from an implementation perspective, they could put the exact same part that was in the was in the iPad Air and uh, and you know just put it in there. Um, I don't know what the feedback from the uh, the iPad Air Touch ID slash power button has been overall. I think they put it in there on that on that device as a as a test bed as a, you know as as a, as a test bubble. And um, I don't know what the overall response from its customer base and reviewers have been to it. Uh, I loved be, it. I, it worked great. Okay. It, it was quick. It, it I was never had seamless. a chance to play with it, so I don't know. So, but I, I would look. I would welcome it just because you know there are a lot of times when I'm not wearing uh, my 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 watch. Uh, I'm out in public, you know, and I got a mask on or something, and and you know it just takes I it just takes longer. Uh, you know, there's there, there's other aspects that you want because. With Touch ID, especially when talking about with purchases and stuff, you know, there's that extra tap or extra click that has to occur, in which case it, it you know, when your thumb is already in that position on the iPhone, right. uh, it's, it, if you have to pay for something, like like an acknowledgement at a terminal or something, like like when you're doing um, NFC payments, right, right. At, a, at an Apple Pay, it's just that much easier to do it with your hand than, it had, than to scan your face for, you know, you know, it, yeah. So yeah. I I I, th I would like having a Touch ID as a secondary authentication mechanism for sure. Yeah. You know. I I would really love to see Apple include this in the next iPhone, especially in the sleep side button, wake button, yeah. uh, because it is the natural place where you put your finger to wake your device, anyways. And if that's going to read your fingerprint, and yes, I know you can make payments with your Apple Watch, but I would say nine times out of ten doesn't even cross my mind when no. I'm using Apple Pay while wearing a mask. And so the entire process of Apple Pay goes from being really smooth to a hassle because you have to enter your passcode or pull your mask down, which is less than ideal. Yeah, and I hate at, that. At this point in, the, in you know this whole COVID thing, it's pretty clear that masks are not going away anytime soon. Nope. Nope. Um, as we continue to see different variants and whatnot. So having Touch ID would be a great addition. I don't know if Apple had time to implement it. I, I would hope so, but you never know. Um, another change we're, we're expecting to see that, again, has been on the table, off the table for quite some time, but it seems like now it's, it's there and it's set, is the Pro models will get, finally, 
a ProMotion display, which means 120 hertz refresh rate for the deal. Pro and Pro Max, which is something the iPad Pro line has had for quite a few years yep. now. Um, but this will be the first time any iPhone models have it. And Android devices have had this for a couple years now as well. And I think the hesitation for the iPhone at least and I'm just making guesses here, but it's been the battery life hit. And yeah. I, I'm making that guess because that's been the problem with using this feature on an Android device. If you yeah. leave it enabled, your battery life, because the screen is refreshing at a faster rate, your battery life suffers. I'm looking forward to this, though. Yeah, well. I mean, a Android devices have to use certain intelligence based on the app that it's using, whether to enable the, the 120 hertz or leave sure. it in legacy mode. And they've, used, they've had to do that to optimize battery life. Now, this does have a bigger battery. I have to assume, just because of what you know, what Apple's doing with its own silicon and such, that they are able to, just as they're able to adjust clock rates on the processor for and the number of cores that are in use per application, they should be able to do something very similar with refresh rates. You know, yeah, so I, you know, so I'm looking forward to I seeing imagine, how they handle that. Yeah, I imagine it'll be a variable refresh rate as well. When you're scrolling, it'll bump up to 120. When you're staring at something static, it'll stay at 60 or even drop down to 24 or 30, whatever it is. Similar to how Android does it, but again, like you said, they control the whole stack, so they're able to optimize better with the presumably A15 system on a chip that, or processor that they're going to use in it. But this next feature is probably one I'm looking forward to the most. There's two, and this is one of them. And that is that the same always on display tech that the Apple Watch currently yeah. has may be coming to the iPhone Pro and Pro Max as well. And that is when your phone is fa or facing, you know, on a desk or whatever, and you can see the display, right now it's pure black. You can't see anything yep. until you touch the display. This will leave a very dimly lit uh, display turned on that's static. It changes every minute as the time changes, but you could see the clock, you could see any pending notifications. This is something that, again, Android devices have had for years. Google, specifically with, with its pixels, have really done a great job of using it and optimizing battery life. And I would love to see this on their iPhone. I would love just them to make it into a giant Apple Watch screen when it's in what's in a lower power mode with complications and everything reflected from your Apple Watch. You know, just just because I think it makes sense because now we have that widget capability and all that in iOS 15. They sh and there's no reason why you can't do the same or similar functionality. Uh, you know, with, with an always-on display, there's no reason. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, make it so it's, I can glance at information, which is what I use it on Android for, and, you know, know what's coming up next, what my next calendar appointment is, whatever it is. Uh, that always on display is something I want to happen, I hope happens, and I'm looking forward to it. And then, of course, there's the table scraps that Apple does every year with the new iPhone, and that mm -hmm. involves camera upgrades, bigger sensors, better processing, faster ISP, all that stuff. But what the rumors and... Mark Gurman's reports have really focused on is this new feature Apple is supposedly going to call cinematic video. And this is sounds cool. Um, mm -hmm. We'll have to see how it really looks because, you know, Apple's going to show the best of the best of what they're able to do with it. But effectively, it creates a portrait mode like feature or video with the camera itself. So that means the background has a bokeh or blurred effect. Yeah. And the subject is, you know, nice and crisp and in focus. But to me, if this is going to work and work well, they really have to nail the smarts 
and maybe the LIDAR comes into play here to help them really nail this down, of outlining a subject. Because there's still some portrait mode photos I take where hair is blurred out where it shouldn't be, or there's a little clip of an area that should be blurred out that's not uh, around the subject's face. And, then, and we're talking about both the, the main camera and, and, the por and the front facing camera, or are we just talking about the main camera? Just the uh, main right. rear camera, yeah. Yeah, because we've seen some of those interesting bokeh effects being shown on previews for, for FaceTime, uh, you know, for iOS 15. So I'm wondering if, if some of this is going to be applied to uh, the front-facing camera as well. Um, yeah, the iPad Pro with iPad OS 15 has it, and it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it yeah. cuts off my arms, sometimes my shoulder down to my arm is missing and one the other side is visible like it's not good and it, it's you completely ai ml based but this hopefully with the bigger sensors and and that front facing right. camera isn't using lidar right so no. uh with lidar improvement they're able to do it other notes there were rumors that there would be no ports on the phones this year no lightning port that's crazy uh, i Look, I don't think that's happening quite yet. Um, I mean, it would be cool, but Perlo, you and I have talked many times about the technology that would be required to make that happen. Yeah, it, it, it would. It, it would. It, it's going to go beyond just increased wattage, right? Because, like you know, the the cable based charging right now, I think, is has a maximum of eighteen, and I think they probably want would want to progress to twenty or, or such on you know for for high speed charging on the larger devices at least, um, and. Um, Apparently, there is a new MagSafe charger that is being tested by the FCC. It was reported recently in documents that were submitted. Um, whether it's just a straight-up refresh of the part or not, uh, it still appears to be a 15-watt charger. Yeah. And nothing about data transfer at all. I mean, I mean, for developers, you would still want some type of data transfer mechanism with the cable as a last resort if you, if, if you couldn't get wireless communications to work or something. Um, and there's been patent filings about, you know, four data compatible uh, magnetic connectors, not necessarily the big MagSafe connector, but a different type of magnetic uh, charging connector um, with data cable uh, in filings for patents and such. And, you know, again, when, when Apple files patents, some of these things can take years before they apply them. And sometimes they never use them in the exact same implementation that they file for. So... Right. You never know. Um, I mean, I think it would be cool if they did a, if they did a test bubble with one of the phones to go completely portless. Um, you know, I think that would improve things for like underwater and for water tightness and and a lot of stuff. I would love to see it. Um, it would be kind of a weird adjustment for me if it, if if it came to me having to get one of those things. But um, I, I, I I don't know I don't know if they're going to do it this year. To be perfectly blunt, um, that yeah. Just I We've talked about this on the show before. There's some stuff going through in Europe with the union over there um, and requiring all smartphone makers to use the same connectivity standard, wired connectivity standard, yeah. and that would be USB-C. You know, and you and I have talked many times about we hope Apple or wish Apple would change to USB-C over Lightning because it's now the main connection for a lot of Apple devices, but also yep. for plenty of devices outside of that. And I could uh, I could see them going completely wireless before they put USB-C or are forced to use a standard they don't want to use, obviously, in a phone. But, you know, maybe in a year or two, we'll see a completely portless iPhone 14 or 15 or whatever it may end up being. 
One other small tidbit about the iPhone 13 uh, design, they should look the same. There may be a new color or two, uh, yeah. but the notch where Face ID currently lives will still be there, although it's rumored it will be smaller this year. So maybe less noticeable, but you're still going to have that notch there. It is not going away quite yet, unfortunately. So next up on our list is the Apple Watch Series 7. Yeah. And and I'm looking forward to a new watch and more specifically a new design. It sounds like this is going to be the first time Apple has completely changed the design of the watch. It, other than increasing the size slightly from the original model, which Apple did a few years ago, they haven't changed the design at all. It looks the same overall. And so this year they're going to take a new approach. They're going to use the flatter edges we've seen on the new iPhones yeah. that are iPhone 5-like, as well as the iPad Air and iPad Pro. Um, we're, they're going to go with that same design scheme. And they're also increasing the size of the watch itself. Now, this is going to sound like it's very small increase, but if you do the math, yeah. the display size is actually quite a lot bigger. So current sizes of the Apple Watch Series 6 and below uh, is 40 millimeters for the smaller size, 44 for the larger. Series 7 will reportedly come in 41 and 45 millimeter sizes, but the larger display, I think, gives developers 16% more space, yeah. something like that. And so Apple is able to create more complications. Developers are able to take better advantage of a larger display. Um, and really... That's kind of all we know about the Apple Watch Series Seven. But if you bought if you bought a thousand dollar, two thousand dollar gold watch band, you might be you might be upset this year potentially. <laughs> yeah, that is the unknown. A side effect beyond the bigger screen yeah. is the unknown right now is will existing watch bands work with the new size Apple Watch Series Seven? In the past, when Apple increased the size. The band still worked. They still fit. If you had a 38 millimeter watch band, it fit on the 40 millimeter. And if you had a 42 millimeter watch band, it fit on the 44. Yep. But there seems to be a, a shortage of watch bands in Apple stores right now, which is very common before a product refresh, yep. which indicates they may not work or they could just be switching over branding and size labels and sure. stuff. And so they're holding off. Who knows? That is one thing we're going to have to wait until the Apple event to actually discover it. And it may be something that's not even talked about on stage. It may be one of those things when the Apple store comes back online, as soon as the keynote ends, that's something we have to discover on our own. And then the outrage can erupt online and, you know, all the fun stuff. I just bought a hundred dollar watch band, the, uh, the loop braided loop band from I've been, looking about get, I've been looking about getting another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. About a month ago, I would be very upset if that band does not fit yeah. the new watch. Yeah. But as far as we can tell, going through all the rumors and reports, there doesn't appear to be any new health related hardware coming to the series seven this year, which is usually something Apple does with each release. So we'll just have to wait and see maybe, uh, you know, it hasn't leaked yet, and, and there is something big, but it uh, doesn't appear to be so far. Perlo, what do we have next on our list? As I understand, there are iPads, potentially? Yeah, two of them. The new entry-level iPad, slightly thinner. Of course, faster processor, which seems to be Apple's MO with the entry-level iPad. Make it faster with the latest processor. Maybe change the design a little bit. And then it's good to go. And then there's a new iPad mini, which is in desperate need 
of a refresh. And yeah. so we'll spend a little time focused on that. And so current thinking is that the iPad mini, and there have been some, uh, not case leaks, but like some uh, template leaks uh, about a month ago that showed a, guess what, a flat edge mm. iPad mini that ditches the home button. And it actually looks a lot like the uh, iPad Air fourth gen. And it does reportedly have a touch ID sensor for reading your fingerprint and the side button or the sleep wake button. Uh, so it'll look a, a lot like the iPad Air, but mm. still be a mini. And it'll even have a little bit bigger size display from what I understand. I think I read it was going to go up to 8.3 inches is the current expectation, which is up from 7.9. So it's it's quite a bit of real estate. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that when you add it to that display. So it's the iPhone be... 13 Pro Ultra Max is what you're saying is the... Yeah. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'm hoping I, uh, I'm able to review one because it's been, I couldn't tell you the last time I used an iPad mini. And so I'm very curious, especially now with the, the pro, you know, the two pro models and, and, and the whole lineup as it is with larger iPhones, um, how it fits into the lineup and where, where it lends itself to be used. Right. It's, I, I find it hard to, think that it would be usable as like an iPad Pro where you sit down with the keyboard and Apple Pencil and yeah. work on it all day long. But I can see it being a great e-reader uh, slash, you know, just something to consume content on instead of maybe create content on. As far as pricing goes, we're not really sure. There, the rumors have been all over the place. The Mini is in a weird spot because it's more it expensive is. than the base model iPad. Uh, and maybe this redesign will justify why the price difference is there. Uh, you know, we expect the iPad, the standard iPad, I think this will be the ninth generation to stay around 329. That's what Apple has stuck at for years. Um, but the iPad mini is 400 bucks and up. So it'll be interesting to see where they price it and what yep. features they add to it to justify that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never owned one, you know, and I, an iPad, an iPad mini, um, cause it's kind of like, I've always had either a really big device or a smaller device. So for me, I haven't had a need to get a a, 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 a mini um, for my personal use. Uh, but I, I know there are so many people that travel with them, you yeah. know, as, as sort of like the middle of the road device. Um, uh, can you even make, can you make phone calls on one or, or no? Is it it's strictly dad device? It's a yeah, with it's, the 5G, it's, 5G version. I mean, you can use your iPhone to make a call through the iPad, but there's no phone app built into it. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 it's interesting. It's kind of like in that, in that middle of Cause like, if you look at the, the new Samsung foldables, right. They get that big when you unfold them. Right. Yeah. But so, I mean, I mean, people do make calls on them, right? So it, it would be interesting. To, it would be interesting to see what Apple does. Um, you know, if, 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 if it's a full, if it, if it can act like an iPhone. Fully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be interesting. I could see them just continuing to expand the uh, handoff functionality for placing calls with your iPhone nearby. But I don't know. I've been using a Z Fold 3, which we need to talk about uh, after this episode. Yeah. I, I kind of like it a lot. Uh, for, for a lot of different reasons that I thought I wouldn't. It's it's really growing on me over the last 10 days or so since I since it arrived. So we'll have to have a conversation about that and maybe we'll do it, uh, cover it in a future episode. Who knows? 
All right, so finally, the last hardware item, and then we have some software we'll get into. But the last hardware yeah. item, and this has been rumored for what, Perlo, a year and a half now? A while. Two years? It's yeah. been rumored for a while, is the third generation entry-level AirPods. Yeah. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about what's coming to them. There's a lot of wishful thinking, at least on yeah. my part. Uh, we just know that Apple has new AirPods. They've had them supposedly ready to go for quite some time, but kept delaying them, whether it was component shortages, the pandemic, whatever. But it makes sense for them to hold them at this point to launch alongside an iPhone. They go hand in hand anyways, and it's the holiday shopping season. So why not? Third generation AirPods, wireless charging supposedly will be default. You know, right now you could mm. buy them with or without a wireless charging case. Supposedly, you won't have that option anymore. It will be straight up wireless charging, which is, I think, a fantastic uh, move on Apple's part. And then I'm hoping personally, and I don't know how you feel about this, Perlo, but I'm hoping that they bring some of the pro features down to the standard AirPods just to remain competitive. Like when Apple announced the AirPods and released them, there was zero competition for them in completely wireless earbuds. And now you have companies like Jabra, uh, Anchor, uh, Samsung, Google, all these competitors that are releasing wireless earbuds that are pretty darn good and a lot less expensive than the standard AirPods, or at least the AirPods Pro, but they have the features of the AirPods Pro. For example, Samsung just released the Galaxy Buds 2. They have the same exact feature set as the AirPods Pro, but they're $100 less or the same price as AirPods. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's a weird space. The other thing you have to, we have to take into consideration is what's going on now with lossless audio reproduction on, on, on wireless, right? Because like uh, Qualcomm, I believe last week, I think they announced a new version of Aptex codec, uh, which will allow for Bluetooth to have CD quality in, in, uh, in yeah, Bluetooth CD quality. Um, you know, the, the headphones that you and I are now wearing on our heads right now as we're recording this podcast, the $600 uh, AirPods Pro Maxes, have they been dis officially discontinued yet? Yeah, they discontinued them like 10 days ago. Did they really? So yeah. do we know if a new version is coming out, you know, with uh, with full with full pro audio capability or have they decided this is an experiment they're not going to do anymore? I don't know. That's a, that's a yeah. question. Good question. Cause you know, I, this this pair of uh, Sony's I got sitting here that I haven't opened up yet. These um, these one thousand MX fours can apparently do full. Uh, they can do full CD reproduction, I believe, uh, with with a cable, um, and and uh, what do you call it? A uh, what are those? What are those little external boxes that you can connect to? Uh, oh, to do the, the DAC. The DACs, right? So, considering Apple's recent purchases, I mean, they just bought that that. Um, that company that does streaming of uh, classical cool. music. Yeah. And yeah. the classical music people are really, 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 really into lossless formats like FLAC and stuff. So it's, it'd be interesting to see how Apple approaches lossless overall in their product lines going forward. You know? Yeah. So maybe that's the differentiating factor between the pro and the standard AirPods. Lossless if Apple brings. Not. Yeah. Right. If Apple brings uh, transparency mode and active noise cancel cancellation, which it kind of feels like they have to because those are just built in features now for wireless earbuds. If you're releasing a pair, it includes at least one of those modes, active noise cancellation, most likely. And going forward to differentiate between 
AirPods and AirPods Pro is you get spatial audio, you get lossless, you know, quality audio from the Pro models, whereas the AirPods will still give you some good features, but you're not going to have the same sound quality. Maybe that's how they differentiate. I don't know. I've been trying to think of it, and, and I think that may be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I hope active noise cancellation comes to them at the at a minimum. I think it's a feature that every wireless pair of earbuds should have. And the competition kind of puts pressure on them to do it. So we'll see yeah. what they end up doing. All right. So the last thing we expect Apple, and this is kind of a given for this event, as much as an iPhone is a given, is uh the announcement, and they'll recap iOS 15, iPad OS 15, yeah. Watch OS 8, and uh, TV OS 15, or whatever it's called now. I don't expect, but I guess we could see um, some Mac news at this event. There's been rumors back and forth that Apple's going to get it all done in one event this year. But Apple's typical announcement is one event in September cover a few things, then in October they follow up with Macs. So, um, and usually Mac OS is behind about a month. But expect to hear a release date, hopefully, this year they do that, a release date for iOS 15. I don't know if you remember last year, Perlo, but the event was one day. They said iOS 14 is coming out soon, and they released it the next day. Yep. <laughs> and yep. everyone by surprise gave developers no heads up, gave media no heads up to have coverage ready. It just it was a complete and total mess. So hopefully there's more than a 24 hour notice this year. Yep. Um, I don't know about you. What are you looking forward to the most out of everything we've talked about? Or is there something on here that you're hoping will surprise or not on here that you're hoping will, will be a surprise announcement? Well, you know, there's always been the quote unquote rumors of an AR slash VR type device, right? And there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about it in the last couple of weeks. Um, there already has been seen to be some this discussion that it will it will require external processing capability. So we're, we're hearing it'll be an adjunct device to an iPhone of, of sorts. Um, I would love to see something like that. You know, I think there's a lot of potential in the market for something like that. I don't. I think it might. Maybe perhaps it's too early to see something like that. Um, I think. I think yeah, Apple would have a dedicated event, or they would show it at the next WWDC or something. Uh, yeah. I, I. I don't think they would show it this early. Um, like I said, you know, um, this is. I. I just got used to iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot. I, there's a lot we can see from the camera technology and the ML technology that uh, potentially. Uh, would make this uh, a much bigger upgrade than we think it's going to be. Um, I'm curious as to you know additional things that they have done with with 5G, with with um, with tuning the the communication stack, um, other stuff like that. You know, there's there's lots of little things that they can add that will make it a big upgrade. You know, potentially yeah. that, that we're not thinking of. And we didn't even dive into the rumors about satellite technology and connectivity no. in no. iPhone 13. I don't think that's happening this year, or if it does, it'll be very, very limited in what capabilities, and it'll be one of those features that they release months from now. So just for the listeners, that are, there have been rumors that Apple is working on integrating uh, satellite communication in the next version of the iPhone, so the iPhone 13, that would allow you to send messages in emergency situations when you're in an area without cellular service. And there's been a lot of big name 
analysts as well as reporters, specifically Mark Gurman, going back and forth. One's claiming, yes, it's going to happen. The other one's saying, not yet. It is something they're working on. They've been working on it for years, but it's not ready. Don't expect it this year. I, I just think it's one of those, on paper, sounds like an amazing feature, especially when we have like Hurricane Ida come through and people need to reach out for help and stuff like that. But uh, I, I don't know. We'll see if that happens. As for me, I agree with you, Perlo. The glasses, I don't expect those to be announced this year. They need developer support in order to yep. make those a hit. Those will be announced at a WWDC-like event and not something that overshadows yep. the iPhone, which is their most profitable product. Uh, as far as other announcements, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what California streaming means. I don't have any guesses. I have yet to see any good guesses online or any sleuthing done. It, it just may be Apple toying with us. I don't know. I don't think that we'll have too many surprises. I hope we do, but I, I don't think we will. Well, we, uh, understand, though, um, we think of streaming. I tend to think of Apple's uh, TV Plus service. Uh, and there are some pretty cool things coming out on TV Plus this month. Foundation is coming out. Uh, we, we know that the release date is like September, I think it's 24th or something like that. Um, so we could be seeing some more announcements of lots of shows and, and investments to Apple TV Plus as a service. Finally, sure. the rival Netflix. You know, we don't I mean, I mean, we don't know what are the big productions besides Foundation um, are being worked on. You know, so that's a good point. Yeah, they have used so. stage time before to have roll out a long list of celebrities who all yeah. were, you know, signing deals or be going to be a part of Apple TV Plus. So maybe the event starts with Apple TV Plus announcements streaming from California right to us and then uh, moves into all the hardware we've just talked about. Yeah, any closing thoughts? No, this is always, you know, my favorite time of the year, uh, the, app, the, 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 the iPhone time of the year. Like I said, it, it, it's uh, just got used to the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Now it's got to go away. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure, you know, both, because both my wife and I are on the upgrade program. So she's had the regular 12. I've had the Pro Max. Um, you know, the, the, the big decision will be, you know, my wife trying to figure out what color she wants. Um, you know, yep. uh, that's about it. Um, and, uh, and, and testing out new cases and accessories and stuff. I, it, I, I mean, if they go wide, if they go completely magnetic on one of these phones, it'll be very interesting. Uh, that will definitely be an, an, an adaptation for sure to, to my lifestyle. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. If they uh, go magnetic, that's the model I'm buying, even yeah. if it's not the model I want, because I want to live yeah. that life and see if it's, if we're ready. Right. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I look forward to this time of year as well. The event, again, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, is Tuesday, September 14th. It is live streamed only, so it's another virtual event. No one will be there in person. Apple does a great job with pre-recording these announcements. It kicks off at 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a post on ZDNet with uh, all the information and details you need to watch the keynote if you can't find it, as well as breaking down all of the rumors Perlo and I just discussed here. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlo. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.